0: Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, everybody? I'm Lauren McClain. It's been a week, to say the least, if you're a BYU fan and or a Jazz fan. And it doesn't stop here. The BYU men's and women's basketball teams are gearing up in Vegas for the semifinals of the WCC tournament. Both expected to clinch a spot in the big dance. Later in the show, we'll bring on the WCC Senior Associate Commissioner of Men's Basketball, Aaron Valichko from the Orleans and Vegas, to talk about the impact of the unique hoop season. But first, let's bring on the producer of BYU Sports Nation and my buddy, Ben Bagley. Ben, what's good, my friend?
1: Life is good, Lauren. It's starting to warm up outside. It's 50 degrees some days in Provo. I walk in with a jacket, walk out without one. It's a beautiful thing because that means I can golf <laughs> soon. <laughs>
0: I could not agree more with you. It's uh, I don't I don't know what these 10 miles are doing to us, but it's 60 degrees here. So.
1: It's 60 degrees. That. Life just got 10 degrees better. <laughs> Beautiful.
0: It is. It is gorgeous here in Utah, but uh, we've got to get this out of the way, Ben. You're a former jazz radio guy, laugh, lifelong yes. jazz fan, well, right?
1: Well, I wouldn't say that. I was I was never really a basketball guy. I was all NFL and then I started working oh. for the Jazz and covering the association and Uh, then I learned more, a lot about the game. I learned it quickly from some very, very, very smart people.
0: Well, there you go. And I know you love Jerry Sloan. I've heard you talk about him before. Uh,
1: Special place in my heart for that man. Yes.
0: Okay. Well, I want to know then what was your reaction to the Utah jazz getting very much disrespected this week?
1: Uh, which instance are you talking about? Because apparently there's a couple of them. We got the refs, right? With
0: the 76ers. I'm more uh, talking uh, about LeBron uh, and KD picking their, their, and their, uh, all star teams. Uh, fi-
1: look, the fine just got announced that both Rudy and Donovan got fined for the for their comments about officiating. I I think that's a bad look for Rudy and Donovan. Uh, I, were they, were there some bad calls? Sure, there's bad calls in every game. These NBA officials are better than a lot of people give them credit for. It's a really hard game to officiate, and they're and every mistake that they make against your team, they're the worst people in the world. <laughs> I, I I've never been a fan of complaining about officiating. And I told my wife, as such, as we were watching that game when she started complaining about it, and I said, you sound like your mother. Stop. Uh, Oh, I'm
0: sure she loved that comment.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I got a side eye on that one. Um, (laughs) But but, yeah, so there's that aside. But the the All-Star thing, it's kind of much to do about nothing. I mean, sure, if you're going to use that as motivation, if you're Donovan and Rudy, great. I would pick Rudy last if I was drafting an All-Star team as well, because... It's an all-star game. Who needs a seven-footer clogging up the middle of the floor? He's just run and gun and shoot and dunk. That's all they do. They don't need a defensive guy. It's an all-star format. Now, Donovan Mitchell, maybe there's something there. But look at the list of names that they have to draft from. You're on the list. Be happy with it. And Now, sure. Now, if you're Donovan Mitchell, put it on your wall. Put it on your mirror. Put it on your locker If That's the motivation that's going to get you. If you're going to go Michael Jordan on this stuff. That's the motivation that's going to get you through the season great. But as fans uh, of a team, we take the slightest slights and we magnify them to where they're the biggest deals in the world. And they're not. It's the All-Star Game. Nobody cares. It's one of the worst events of the sports calendar. It's not even basketball. (laughs)
0: I agree with you that some people take it way, way too personally. And it's totally not. But if I, and I agree with you about Rudy Gobert, I really do great player, but yes, when it comes to the all-star game, (laughs) You know, no one plays defense, the, the, the best Donovan was, Mitchell, the best was
1: last year in the all-star game. When Rudy goes in, he's the only guy of all the all 24 guys out there playing defense. And in the third quarter, like could Rudy Gobert be the MVP because he's got so many block shots and rebounds because he's the <laughs> only one playing defense. But also they're like, is he the MVP? This can't happen.
0: And everybody else playing in the game is like, we hate Rudy Gobert so bad. Get because out of the no. lane. We're trying to <laughs> he dunk like, here. Do you not know how this works, man? Okay, but if I was Donovan Mitchell, Sabonis was picked before Donovan Mitchell. Come on, Ben. That's, I don't know. Put, put don't it put in your locker.
1: Let it be the motivation. <laughs> it's the all-star game, people.
0: I'm going to buy a, a locker, locker and, exhibition. and put it in there.
1: It's an exhibition. <laughs> <All right.
0: laughs> it's so true. All right, well, let's move on. Not Not many are able to have the in-person fan experience this year which is a huge part of what this show is about, but luckily we have social media, Ben, to cling to right now because BYU sports junkies were in heaven this week. Softball, baseball, men's and women's volleyball, tennis, track and field, and soccer all had games this week. And spring football began, which satiates the urge for some way too early predictions to the upcoming season. Ben, from what you've seen so far this week, what are you what are you most excited about with BYU football. Is
1: there any other answer than the quarterback battle? I, I, spring football is, and we joke about this on BYU Sports Nation all the time and have for since we started the show, spring football is the second most popular sport at BYU. Second to <laughs> actual football. But especially when there's a quarterback competition going on and Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney and Jacob Conover, these are the three guys battling it out for this position and there's the promise of a freshman coming in who might be the next big thing and you got two guys who... Serviceable backups who came in and showed that they could be starters in this on this BYU team too. I combined starting record of three and one, I believe, off the top of my head. It's exciting. BYU fans love these quarterback conversations, and that's what everybody's watching. Now, outside of the quarterback conversation, stuff to watch is like okay. We're replacing talent. BYU needs to replace some talent. They lost some talent. Offensive line. How's that going to come back together as a cohesive unit? Uh, how are you replacing Dax Milne? Defense took some hits with Isaiah Kafusi and Kyrus Tonga. How are you replacing those guys? And in the back end, you lost you lost some guys as well. So how are you replacing that? Those are gonna. That's gonna be the game changers and difference makers for this team. You're not going to replace Zach Wilson, no matter who you name starter. At least not next year. It's the other cogs in this mechanism that's going to be the deciding factors of how this team does this fall.
0: Cogs in this mechanism. Now, that's not the only thing that stood out from everything you said, but that definitely, that definitely stuck in my brain. Uh, I'm just mechanism. trying to bring. <laughs> I'm
1: just trying to make myself sound smart because I can't do it. It just every chance I get, I got to try to do it.
0: You did. Yes, I agree with you. And, and of course, the quarterback battle is top of mind for most people. Ben, is every college football program like that? I feel like every year at BYU, the number one thing people talk about is the quarterback battle. But that has to be every college football program, right?
1: It's it's the old saying, the most popular guy on campus is always the backup quarterback. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 because if the quarterback throws an interception, put him in! Uh, we go back to the All-Star game, overreact to whatever's happening. And, and, and you do that at those <laughs> spotlights, spotlight positions. Um, yeah, I think it is on every campus. I, anytime there's a quarterback ba- battle, that that's that that's the sexy thing. That's what people want to talk about. That's the like eye-catching thing. Um, it, it, but especially at BYU, I mean BYU, although it's been eons since Steve Young and Jim McMahon and and Ty Detmer. They've had continued success with Max Hall and John Beck and Taysom Hill. There's guys' names that 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 you just sit there and you want to talk about. They're exciting. They're fun. They're 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 energetic things that get you going as a BYU fan. So you're coming off as of Zach Wilson. Now that spark, it's not a spark. It's a bonfire back at the quarterback position, and people want to know what's next. So I, you know what? As much as I think I'm probably overhyped a little bit, I think it might be justified this time around because people want to know what's next at BYU at the quarterback position. Can we can the Cougars catch lightning in a bottle again?
0: Hmm. And speaking of Zach Wilson, let's talk about him a little bit. Well, well, BYU football, honestly, is flooding my timeline this week with the new helmets revealed. Speaking of overreactions, Ben, that's what we do as fans. Fans all around the country of whatever sport, we overreact. And the, the, there's a bit of an overreaction to the helmets and the new uniforms. That's but good. It's that's, awesome. That's good-looking laundry.
1: That is really good-looking laundry.
0: No, it, it totally is. I, I love the new look. and But also, Zach Wilson is still getting high praises from the national media and Dax Milne chatting with the 49ers and nine other teams. Honestly, you can't watch Zach Wilson film from this past season without noticing Dax Milne's production, as his favorite target. So, Ben, as a Raiders fan, this really has nothing to do with it, but they were not on the list of teams, <laughs> by the way. How do you feel about Dax's potential to make it to the next level?
1: Uh, I think it's good. I think he makes a training camp roster. I think he, I, I'm curious, I think he's a very much a borderline draft guy. I, I think that he is a six, seven rounder. Um, I'm t- talking to Dax, he's, he's shooting for six, uh, kind of a five, six range. I think he's probably a six seven guy, maybe a free agent guy. I want to see him get drafted. I want to see him get a shot because I think he's got he. And, and this is where you pull out all the cliches because he's a white, undersized wide receiver, a position dominated by size and athleticism in in the, in the league right now. So you are like, oh, the New England Patriots? That's where he's going? Um, no, no. But <laughs> it, what what he is is he's a technician, um, and that's what guys have to be to make it in the league when they may not be as big as an athletic as, as their counterparts, you got to be a technician. Watch him run routes. His routes are precise. His cuts are smooth. He makes a transition from a straight line to a slant or a cross or a button hook, whatever. He makes those transitions really effectively, and that's where he makes space and gets open. That, there's a place for that in the league.
0: Yes, he has beautiful hands. Will he be the next Dennis Pitta, the BYU walk-on, who makes an impact in the NBA? I guess it's to be determined, right? We'll have to see. All right, let's 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 make our way back to hoops. Matt Harms was named WCC Defensive Player of the Year. Women's basketball. Shelly Gonzalez was named Co-Player of the Year. And Jeff Judkins was named Coach of the Year. Juddy does it again, Ben. That, man, is a gift to BYU in so many ways. Ben, both teams play Monday in the semifinals of the WCC tournament. What are your predictions in those games?
1: Uh, hopefully wins for both teams. I, I think both teams probably walk on Monday. Um, but then again, I've seen enough the WCC tournament games involving BYU teams where it kind of gets weird. Um, so, mm-hmm. so on paper, both teams should walk on Monday. Uh, I, I am curious, though, because I, I think, contrary to... I might disagree with you just a little bit, Lauren. You said earlier that both teams are locks in the NCAA. This morning, Charlie Crane had uh, BYU women as the second team out in his bracket. Mm. Uh, and talking to Shelly Gonzalez this morning on BYU Sports Nation, she feels that they need to win down there to be able to get into the brackets. So there is some pressure on the women's team and Jeff Judkins and Shaylee uh, in, in, in making some, uh, as, as going to an old Jerry Sloan is, making some hay while the sun is shining for the for the BYU women. They're going to have to get some work done, at least win in, on Monday and probably maybe Tuesday to really feel secure getting into the tournament.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you for sure. Monday they need to win. I think if they win Monday, they're probably in. And honestly, the women's teams have had a lot better luck than the men's teams in this WCC tournament. They've done historically very, very well. So we wish them both luck. And, and let's keep up with the theme. Coming up next, WCC Senior Associate Commissioner of Men's Basketball, Aaron Valichko, joins me to talk everything hoops. Don't go anywhere. This is Cougar Tail. Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. The WCC tourney is in full swing in Vegas with BYU making its debut on Monday in the semifinals. And to give us the inside scoop from the Orleans, we have the WCC Senior Associate Commissioner of Men's Basketball, Aaron Velichko Thanks for joining me, Aaron.
2: Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it.
0: All right, so what's your role been in scheduling, or should I say rescheduling, games during, during this crazy season?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, scheduling is one of my main responsibilities throughout the course of the year for all sports. And uh, th- this year has just really been uh, interesting, obviously, uh, to say the least, with everything that's been going on. Um, our, our, our folks on staff for all our, all our basketball uh, coaches, they do a great job. Uh, And did a great job with their non-conference scheduling. I mean, turning on a dime at times, especially you know as one team might uh, end up on the couch, as we call it, when they uh, are in quarantine, and then all of a sudden turning around within two, three days and getting a new opponent. Um, So our our coaching staffs did an unbelievable job in non-conference, and then once conference started, uh, we all kind of took took over as as uh, administrators of WCC, our athletics directors um, and, and it just kept getting better and better. So, um, you know, we kept learning from what we were doing and, uh, and being flexible. Our, our, our coaches and and administrators and all our schools did a great job of being flexible.
0: I think flexible is a great word to describe (laughs) this season, because I mean, from one day to the next your the the week of your schedule is completely different. It's just been absolutely insane. So, But what's something unique that you all at the WCC have experienced during this unprecedented year, maybe besides scheduling difficulties?
2: Well, I mean, obviously we're living it right now at at our tournament. Um, It's something that – I would say the, our tournament, for example, we're more organized than we've ever been. However, we're adjusting more on the fly than, uh, than we even know how to, how to manage. So um, just, just, it goes back to that word, flexibility. We've done a, a tremendous job of being flexible. Um, our, our, our student athletes, our coaches, our administrators throughout the season. And there's just a lot of carryover from that. I mean, people, uh, you know, BYU, for for example, being able to move up games um, that were scheduled later in the season. And it's that attitude of playing one anywhere, anytime. I I think all of our schools did a great job of having that attitude. And that helped um, reschedule a lot of these games uh, during the course of the season.
0: Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I don't know if they had any other choice than to have that attitude, because that's just how things were. But I'm sure from your perspective, that was nice to have coaches that were willing to do that, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you have the buy-in from your coaches, that, that's huge. And one of the things that um, we, we really reinforce with a lot of our administrators and our coaches is, uh, especially the selection committee, they want, they, they want that information. The selection committee, as we talk to them about every three weeks, and actually this year um, is a little bit more uh, often than normal, uh, probably every, every two, two and a half weeks. And they loved the idea of anywhere, anytime anybody you know and so we Mm -hmm. really we really explained that situation that you know hey uh you know team x was coming off of uh you know a a pause or on being on the couch and they came back and they they played you know one of the top teams in the conference they were ready to go um and and the selection committee loves that uh, idea
0: obviously no fans in the orleans arena right now and you said it just is so desolate there so what's it been like watching the tourney games without all the noise and all the fans.
2: You know, it's, it's been eerie and I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, This weekend is the first basketball that I've been able to watch live since we left our tournament last year. So literally the men's championship game uh, about, about 52, 51 and a half weeks ago. That's the last time I watched live basketball until this weekend. Everything else has been on television, obviously. um, But I think the word that I used with you earlier when we were joking was cavernous, and right now the Orleans just seems cavernous because the arena is big enough to have uh indoor arena football um and that's kind of how it's set up right now in terms of where the bleachers are pushed back to but we have a basketball court and the basketball court just looks small out there uh, just in the arena. So cavernous is kind of the word that I'm using right now to, to describe the Orleans arena for basketball.
0: I'm sure the players just look like ants down there. How, how has it impacted the game so far that you've seen?
2: Um, it, it's just, it's probably similar to what the players are used to, um, in terms of, you know, the majority of the season, uh, all our teams played in front of zero fans or, uh, at the end of the season, obviously, uh, BYU, Gonzaga, um, kind of played in front of family and friends. And, and that was very, very limited. Um, but I, I would say our players and, and coaches are, are a little more used to it where people like me who haven't been at a live game, uh, it, it's just eerie it's awkward and you know it's like uh showing up to a practice and uh you know there's there's no no cheering no 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 fans no student section no rock in your guys' case
0: <laughs> I know it's it is it is eerie i like that word for it so let's let's think about the fans and you've i think you've been with the WCC since 2015 what's one of your favorite traditions that you've seen from a student section in your time at the WCC
2: Uh, you know, just in general, I think some of, some of my favorite traditions, uh, you know, in in terms of basketball, just some simple stuff sometimes, um, that kind of catch your attention, like. Uh, at at San Francisco, the foghorn when they hit a three pointer, or St Mary's when uh, an Australian scores and they're screaming Aussie Aussie Oi Oi Oi. But you know, you can you can never get away from uh, you know the Kennel Club pregame jumping up and down. You can never get away from the flag in the rock coming down and the excitement that goes along there. Um, but my I I, I have to uh go back in time here and you got to remember I was a uh, I'm an alum of Pacific and right. I, I have the tiger um every starting lineup every time uh coming out of the tunnel um when I was a player And so much so I I love that uh, song and that tradition of playing Eye of the Tiger um, so much that we even uh, walked out at my wedding because my wife is a was a softball player for the Tigers and I was a basketball player. So um, our wedding party and and us came out to that. So uh, just uh, not just student tradition, but tradition in whole um, for for some of our programs.
0: And your wife was a really good softball player for Pacific, wasn't she?
2: Yeah, she, uh, I was uh, lucky enough uh, not to be the most athletic, I guess, in my family, or <laughs> most, most successful. Um, yeah, she, she was uh, coming out of, of high school and All-American um, and had a tremendous freshman year and, and played for, uh, played in three, um, uh, three NCAA tournaments during the course of her time, and that was back uh, before they added teams Uh, Obviously I'm dating myself there and her, she's going to be mad at me, but uh, she's (laughs) one of the few that I know of um, that hit a home run in her first collegiate at bat and her final, her final collegiate at bat. So um, freshman year against Sac state uh, uh, hit a home run. And then uh, the game that would have advanced them, if they would have won that would have advanced them to the college world series at Stanford and Palo Alto, her final Rear at that sheet over the left center field fence <laughs> but uh it wasn't enough uh in that game unfortunately
0: oh dang it. i was like starting to get the chills i'm like you're like <laughs> describing a movie right now this is incredible <laughs> is.
2: well l- luckily for me she's like a movie star so
0: <laughs> i hey. love well that's a lot of pressure for your kids i have to say so i imagine you're supposed to stay a little unbiased but are you always secretly hoping the tigers take it all
2: <laughs> I, I just want to get uh, the most teams in the NCAA tournament with the best possible seed. How about that? I, 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 like I, it. I, I cheer for all our WCC teams. Um, the best part of the seasons for me, honestly, are non-conference and postseason. And what I mean by that is when we have conference games, we have a winner and a loser. So one of our coaches is going to be a little upset. The other one's going to be happy um, versus when WCC schools play outside of the conference. So non-conference and in postseason, I can be a fan again. And I can uh, cheer for our schools. And um, I think I've been caught at the scores table a couple times during NCAA tournament uh, doing that. So, um, you know, hopefully I don't get reprimanded for that.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's hard not to do for everybody. I, I totally get it. So, what's the impact of having multiple teams compete in the NCAA tournament? So, we know Gonzaga for sure. It looks like BYU is for sure going. What's the impact there?
2: Well, it, like I alluded to, our our goal and, and the way that the president's um, kind of helped us develop a philosophy of how we run our day to day office operations for, for all sports. And it started with men's basketball, obviously, but it's it's trickled down. Um, as I've been here to other sports, as um, you know, obviously I have men's basketball in my title. It started there where we want the most teams in the NCAA tournament with the best possible seed. And that's what we strive for. We want to give our teams an opportunity to win in, in post That's why we have that last part about getting them the best possible seed. So we're always fighting for that. And that's what we want to try to obtain. Um, and then as I've taken over and overseen, all the sports and, and don't get me wrong. We have sport administrators that are directly involved with soccer or uh, baseball or softball. Um, but that that's our goal that we've trickled down to all sports too. I, I mean, why does it have to stop with men's basketball? Let's make it, right. uh, you know, evergreen and generic for everybody. And that's our guiding principle, getting the most teams in the NCAA tournament with the best possible seed.
0: Mm, I love that. And so the Zags have obviously been rolling this year. What's your take on second seed at BYU?
2: Well, uh, the funny thing is, and, and I'm not I'm I'm going to admit I wasn't the first to notice this um, I kind of, you know, Captain Obvious, I guess, if that's the 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 commercial, but um, <laughs> the depth, the depth of the Cougs is just amazing. And um, early on, when I was talking to the selection committee folks that monitor us, that's what they're called. They're called monitoring calls. And we have two people from the selection committee that we talk to every, uh, like I said, two, two and a half weeks. And uh, the, one of the people that was on there literally asked about um, BYU's uh, depth. And this goes back to like December, no, uh, late November, early December. And this person is a former coach. So uh, granted, they, they obviously understand basketball at a high level. But they yeah. asked about the depth. And we talked about it for the next couple months. And then you look at the last eight games. And you've had seven different score leading scores during the course of the last eight games. And so that just really speaks volume of the depth. Um, It was kind of, it kind of became a running joke with uh, our conversations uh, because that, that person on the committee uh, called it out early on and it just, you know, um, it was the reality.
0: I love that. Yeah. They, Hope likes to, to play ten deep, so it's a, it's always exciting, always rotating. All right, for my last question for you, Aaron, I want to know since 2015, what's been your favorite memory that you've seen in one of these WCC men's basketball games?
2: Oh, that's a that's a loaded question, um, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot a little bit, and I'm gonna say some of my favorite memories. Um, I, you know, obviously having an opportunity to. Uh, be around family a little bit more as an administrator than when I was a basketball coach. Um, I've been able to uh, go to final fours and uh, pay to bring my dad and my daughter actually um, at, at one point and just having them with me uh, during that time is, is really, really special. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, would even trickle it down even more where uh, my dad, my daughter has traveled with me and, and handed out trophies uh, to um, the winning team, you know, uh, one year uh, we were in the locker room handing out a trophy for men's basketball um, for the regular season champ. Um, another, another year uh, she went with me because BYU uh, softball, clinched, um, at Santa Clara. And, you know, this goes back a couple of years ago when McKenna Bull was still pitching, uh, for the Cougs and, uh, my daughter's name's McKenna. And so McKenna Bull was nice enough to take a photo with my daughter, but having her there and being around sports and being able to, um, hand out trophies like that is just really, really special. And this morning when I was FaceTiming with my son, who's, who's six, my daughter's 12, but my, my, my son asked me, daddy, can I, go to a basketball game with you. And just being uh, someone who just cherishes sports, that just means the world to me. So those are, those are really my favorite memories, not necessarily nothing, anything specific to, to men's basketball, but just since I've been with the WCC, having those opportunities is just uh, amazing for me.
0: WCC Senior Associate Commissioner of Men's Basketball, Aaron Valichko. Thank you so much for coming on with us today. I really appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having me. And I, I love uh, the name Cougar Tailgate because I can't wait to get to Provo and get myself a Cougar tail the next time I go to a game. And I love that giggle right there.
0: <laughs> you weren't supposed to. <laughs> hey, me too, though. Me too. I love those things. All right, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And that does it for us today, folks. Thanks again to Aaron Velichko and Ben Bagley for coming on the show with me today. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Sunday at noon Mountain Time. Or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, and on BYUradio.org. BYU Hoops is back at it on Monday. This is Cougar Tailgate.